Please turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. While you're turning, when you guys, when we talk about the extent of something or, or that phrase comes up, you know, the extent of it, we usually mean how far does it go, right? What is the extent of it? If we have an infection, we wonder how far the, the extent of the infection. Or if we have a computer virus, what is the extent of the invasion? When we talk about her, an idea, what is the extent of your idea? How far will that be limited to and who all will that affect? And so when we take a look at that and we bring that to our verses today, we're talking about the extent of faith. We're going to see how far it goes, but there's something really cool that happens in these verses today. And as we travel through, um, God's laying the groundwork to share his mind with us. Which is really unusual and it's really cool. It's going to be a fun, uh, fun experiment to go through together today. And so we are going to pick up in verse 30 and read through verse 40 of Hebrews 11. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put enemy, foreign enemies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went, they went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Father, I pray and ask you to speak to our hearts today. As we dig into this, Father, I ask you to reveal yourself and to reveal your heart. And help us to see beyond our current circumstances. And Father, we thank you for each person who's here this morning. We pray your hand upon their life. And I pray that you give them eyes to see and ears to hear what you have to say to them today. Thank you for what you're doing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning as we travel through um, the extent of faith, we are going to see, we're going to discuss Jericho. We're going to receive those who received an honorable mention. And then we're going to look at the purpose of faith. When we begin with Jericho, when Israel came to Jericho... <laughs> They faced their first opponent, right? They had a little bit of story behind this. Um, Israel had been captivity by Egypt. And this was where 
Moses had gone up to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And he finally lets them go. They chase them down. They are drowned in, in the, the Red Sea. They move on. They send spies. into. They get to the promised land. They send spies into the land. Who, who uh, Rahab helps out. They return. Two of them give a favorable report. The other ten say, there's giants in the land. We did not go. They're going to kill us. Israel then enters the land. They go into the land. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the generations died out that had no faith. They didn't believe that God could overcome. And so they, they passed away. They, the new generation walked except for, uh, except for Aaron and Jacob. Josh, Jacob. Yeah. And they, they walk over into the land. And they come to Jericho. And they see this city that's massive. They say from studies that the walls were so thick that they could ride six chariots wide around on top of these walls. These were not walls that, these weren't the fences in your backyards. These were real walls. (laughs) This was the real deal. And so here comes Israel. Walking up there, and God tells them to march around the city for seven days, once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, when they finish, they're to blow their trumpets, and the walls are going to fall down. And what does Israel do? (laughs) No, they didn't do that. They obeyed. They did it. And these walls just come crumbling down. Some would say unexplainable, but not unexplainable. Because God had told them to do it. And so they walked to Jericho. And it says here that the walls fell up. They were encircled for seven days. This was their first big test, folks. Because if you're going to trust God, it's easy to trust God with things that we can do. But yet we don't even do that. We just do them, right? Then when it's a big thing, when it exceeds that, we kind of, there's a sweet spot where we like to trust God. You know, this stuff we handle, when it goes beyond what we can handle, it's God's thing. When it's beyond that, we go, man, I don't even know if God would handle that. That's kind of how we categorize stuff. But not them, because they had heard from God. They knew exactly what he wanted them to do. And so, I mean, what ridiculous instructions, really, if you think about it. What is that going to do? But it's not about what they were doing that accomplished God's task. It was the fact that they were obedient and God accomplished his task because they were obedient. So even in our obedience... Our obedience doesn't accomplish the tasks of God. It frees the hand of God to do what he wants to do. Does that make sense? We think our obedience is what causes the things to happen. So I was obedient because I did that. That caused their heart to open. No. Only God can open and close that. My obedience removed the obstacle to allowing God to do that. And so they walk in and they, they do this. They have these, 
And they obey anyway in spite of all this. And then Rahab is mentioned here. Now, she's mentioned as Rahab the harlot. Now, can you imagine having that stipulation for the rest of your days? <laughs> written into, into a book that that's what you do. But here's the thing. She had faith. She had faith. We use that to identify her, but she had faith. And so, see, God, if this doesn't prove to us that God sees the heart over the actions, then nothing will. Because this is a woman who lived in the walls that were about to crumble down and survived because the walls came down. We know they came down. But she helped them. Now, how would she even have had faith at all? They had heard about Israel. They heard that they were going through the wilderness. Here they're coming in. They, I mean, there's, they say, if we go back and study, there's about 2 million people that left Egypt. That's a lot of people. It'd be like the whole, I don't even know how many, how many are in the city of Austin now? It'd be more than the city of Austin, I think, right? Can you imagine all of us showing up somewhere in somebody's doorstep? And moving like locusts across the desert. And them not knowing what's going on. Hey man, what is this coming? And these spies show up and she has faith. She believes. Lets them in and helps them. And she's remembered by God. See, God sees the little thing. You know... She probably never thought she would be even remembered. It's just such a small thing that I did. I just let them up and let them down. All I did is open the door. We think the small things are not noticed by God, and that's absolutely not true. Here she shows up in the Hall of Faith, ladies and gentlemen. And so this idea that, well, it's just this little thing, and I'm going to hopefully you're going to see the whole big picture here by the time we're done today. But the things that you do in faith are not little things. They have wide and far-reaching impact upon people around us. And so she lifts them up and down. And she's mentioned here that she didn't perish with those who were disobedient after she welcomed the spies in peace. And I got thinking, you know, it's really funny. My first thought was, well, the people of Jericho were disobedient. And so what's he talking about? That was my first thought. And as I studied this, I realized that's not who he was talking about. He was talking about those who had unbelief and perished in the desert. See, because she was spoken as a woman of faith. And those who were disobedient because they were told that God was going to give them the land. And they said, wow, we can't overcome that. I'm not going. How many times do we say that? After God's given us, well, he can't do that. I'm not going to, you know, he can't do that. He can't use me like that. I'm young, or I'm old, or I'm skinny, or I'm fat, or I'm whatever. I'm not smart enough. I don't talk so good. We have all these excuses of why God can't use us instead of just listening to what he's up to. She didn't give any of those. You know, how'd she know? How'd she know to have faith in God? God visited her. (laughs) Spiritual things are spiritually understood. And she had to make a choice. 
when she saw those 12 men coming. And so living by faith means obeying God and trusting Him to do His part. Our obedience is not doing God's part. Our obedience unlocks God to do His part. It gets us out of the way. Because God can't do that if we're disobedient. It doesn't work that way. And so we see Jericho. They had faith that God would bring it down. She had faith that they were sent by God. He gave them some ridiculous instructions. They did it and it actually happened. Imagine that. And so we see Jericho. We see this this city come down. But then as our writer of Hebrews begins to wrap up Hebrews, he gives an honorable mention to several people. Some of these people, you know, we've heard of people like Gideon and David and Samuel. How many of you have ever heard of Barak from the Bible? (laughs) How many of you have ever heard of Jephthah? Yeah, he's an interesting story. He was a study case for us in seminary. So she lists all these people. And I went back and I studied some of them to kind of see how they fit into this. And so the writer seems to indicate that he could go on and on and on about people of faith. And he included Gideon, who overcame the Midianites with just 300 men. See, another situation where he's sorting the men out. And then they go down and the ones that laugh like a dog versus the ones that cupped and drank. And then he talks about Barak, who was used by God to deliver Israel from the Canaanites. He mentions Samson. We've known Samson. Did y'all know he was the last of the judges? To whom? (laughs) To whom God gave great strength to bring down the temple of Dagon on the Philistines. Did y'all know that? Very interesting. Jephthah, he lived in Gilead. He led Israel to victory over the Ammonites. He's most known for Jephthah's vow. Have you ever heard of Jephthah's vow? That was our question. He said, he vowed to God that, he said, God, if you'll do this, he said, the next thing that comes through the door, I will give to you as a burnt sacrifice. And the next thing that came through the door was his daughter. He had made a vow. So our question was, what happened to his daughter? There's two, there was two options. Either he offered her as a burnt sacrifice, which a human sacrifice is an abomination. It says it in the law. Or she was a perpetual version serving at the temple. I favor the latter view because I think it aligns with scripture. God's not going to receive something he says is an abomination. That makes no sense. Scripture interprets scripture. Remember that. No scripture is of any private interpretation. And that doesn't mean private to you. That means in and of itself. It fits with the whole. And so be careful. 
So we have Jephthah, we have David, we all know David. Many instances of faith, he ran from Saul and rested in faith. Because he knew that he had been anointed king. He didn't fear Saul. He feared being in a position. Well, he really didn't fear being in a position. But he, he did not want to be in the position of taking Saul's life. Which he was and he chose not to do So we have David. We have Samuel. Who listened to God's voice and obeyed without hesitation. Dad, you want me to do what? <laughs> Remember the story of Samuel and Eli? He's laying in his bed. And he hears a voice and he goes, did you call me? And he goes, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. This was added by me. And so he goes back to bed. And then he hears the voice of God again. And he goes, go get in bed. You don't need a drink of water. <laughs> Kids do that, don't they? I need water, milk. The third time, he says, the next time you hear the voice, you need to tell, say, Lord, your servant here. And so the next time, and then God speaks to Samuel. If you want to read a really fun Old Testament book, read First and Second Samuel. It's easy, it's fun to read. It's not like reading Chronicles. It's fun to read. And so we have Samuel. Then we have the prophets who spoke for God when the whole world was against them. And think about this. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have anything to rely on. And these guys are standing up saying, God has said this to you. With no, I mean, foundation. I mean, I have cheat notes. They didn't have no notes. And there was questions out there whether these guys were kooks. You know, go through the go through the prophets, the writing of the prophets, and read it. It's in there. And so they faced some tough things. They faced some very tough things. Listen to what happened to these guys, all these guys who stood up. By faith they conquered kingdoms. We heard about that, deliverance. Performed acts of righteousness. Fun. Obtained promises, that's fun. Shut the mouth of lions. Hey, you, don't talk. They shut the mouth of lions. Quenched the power of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. From weakness were made strong. Became mighty in war. Put foreign enemies to flight. They saw resurrection. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Then it gets less fun. But in the midst of all of that, they were tortured. By choice. They could have denied, but they didn't. They were tortured, not accepting the release so that they may obtain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. 
You know, when I think of holes in the ground, where's my military folks? You guys know how to dig a hole, don't you? If you need to get cover. They call them foxholes, right? You learn how to dig those. I would imagine you learn that in basic. Learn how to dig in the ground. Does anybody still like, does anybody here like to dig in the ground? Gavin, Gavin, I'm putting that down, buddy. <laughs> Gavin, I need a hole dug. Come on, Gavin. Everybody else, see, everybody else knew Gavin. I great man, he's going to call me. But these guys lived in a hole in the ground. Because it took a stand for, for Christ, for God. It's crazy, right? Listen, <laughs> those who walk in faith are going to face tough things. But those who walk in faith and remain faithful are going to see the hand of God work. As well. But now I want you to see something really cool from this. This was, I, this was an amazing God moment that I got to experience this week as I was studying for this morning. And I understood some things for the first time. And I want to share that with you this morning. We move on to the last two verses when he talks about the purpose of faith. And so all the people, he's not just talking about these. He's talking about the whole chapter. All the people listed here in this hall of faith had a common thread. If you go back and look at it, they all have this common thread. Here it is. They had gained approval through their faith. Their choice was to walk in faith. They chose faith. Faith is a choice we make out of being convinced about God, about what he said to us. So they make this choice to walk in faith, which included them in the plan of God. And by that, they gained approval. But here's the, here's the other thing. Their reward was this. They didn't receive what was promised. That sounds more like a gift than a reward, doesn't it? But watch this. Don't leave me. Stay with me because this is really interesting. This allowed them to be used in our lives. Because, here's why, if they had received everything, there wouldn't be any place for faith. <clears throat> if we put our faith in God and He gives us everything that we want, everything that we ask for, everything, where's faith? Faith turns into expectancy. And therefore, we don't have an example of people walking in faith and trusting God because he's God, not because he's Santa Claus. See, God doesn't want to be trusted because of what he delivers. He wants to be trusted because of who he is. He doesn't buy our affections. Faith is not about that. Faith is not about, well, if I put faith, then I get what I want. Stop listening to late night TV. They're lying to you. I'm really close to calling that dude out on what he's doing. 
telling you, he's a charlatan. He's stealing. He's tricking people and taking advantage of them. In the name of Christ, Jesus flipped tables over for that and drove them out. I'll tell you this, make sure this is on the tape. Oh, Popoff, I hope he calls me. Because he's, he is stealing people's hearts from the Lord. And he's lying to them about what God's word says. Yeah. And he's getting actors and actresses to stand up. And every one of them saying, oh, I found a check for $35,000 in the mail. I've talked to people that have been involved in stuff like that and it's made up. Because I'll tell them the truth. I'm gonna, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to share Christ with them. Because he's lost. How can you use the people of God and be right with God in your heart? A shepherd serves the sheep, not the other way around. My job is service. It's a humble service. When you're off having fun, I'm studying. I'm listening. Because I want to be led and I want you to be able to hear the voice of God. The only way that can happen is if I do. Otherwise, it's just me shouting and hollering and making something up. We are not called to that, folks. These men laid their lives down. They went through all, these, all this stuff. They were sawn in half so we could have a clear understanding of what faith is. Of the cost of it and where it belongs. It belongs with him. And God withheld the answers to what he promised so that our faith would be genuine. Therefore, in them, when he did that for them by not giving them those things, he gave them the gift of our faith being genuine because it's not about, here, let me do this and you're going to get this right back. That's the gift. The gift is that they're touching us spiritually. And it's genuine. It's not a game. It's not something that, it's not a put on. It's not, send me, let me send you my miracle spring water and you're going to have millions of dollars. God doesn't work that way. God, his eyes move to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those whose hearts are completely his. And we've had enough. We've, uh, this country, we have had enough. I told you, you started something. We've had enough of Christians who sit on the side because we're afraid of being harassed and attacked. We've shut our mouths and we've advocated our responsibility to be light and salt in this world. Darkness only wins, or evil. Well, they said evil only wins when good men do nothing. But you know, darkness only exists when the lights don't shine. And that's the purpose of faith. That's why we too are not going to get all the promises that he makes to us. When our faith is genuine and they can, the generations that follow us will see it. They'll know what it means to have genuine faith. And we're so crazy sometimes we go, well, I don't know. God didn't do that for me. You know what? 
Maybe the blessing is greater than what you wanted. Maybe your life is going to touch generations. And you know what? I hope they don't even know my name. I hope the only name they know is the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not here to build a legacy. I'm here to decrease so that he may increase. He is the legacy. You know, this is, that is sold today. Well, what were your legacy? What, what are you going to do? How many, that was more. If God, if that furthers God's purpose, I will let him do that by his own decision. But I don't see how, but God can do things that I don't see. And so the extent of faith is not just receiving. The extent of faith is seeing other people come to know and walk in him and trust in who he is. That was what this whole chapter was about. That's the the really interesting thing about this. He sneaks this in at the end. The whole point of the whole thing was so that other people can come to know him and to walk in faith. Listen. God's plan is bigger than fulfilling his promises to them at that time. It was to use them as an example to inspire us to walk in faith also and not lose faith when we don't get everything we want. So faith is meant to go beyond you. So what are the fulfillment of their faith? Oh, we are the fulfillment of their faith. And others will be the fulfillment of ours. Isn't that cool? And that's the heart of God. That's why he chose not to give them everything that they had faith for. Because he was thinking about you and me. And the reason he chooses not to give me everything that I have faith for is because of those who are coming behind me. Amen. I want to be used beyond my lifetime. They are. Don't you? This brings in some understanding to the things that happen in life. God doesn't abandon us. That's not him abandoning. That's actually him drawing close. How cool is that? We get things so backwards. And so what have we learned from our study on the extent of faith? I think there's really three things that stand out to me here. God sees your faith even if you don't get noticed or recognized by other people. God sees it. Here's a woman who was rejected, an outcast. She was probably living in a dwelling place in the wall. And he saw her faith and mentioned her here. How would the writer of Hebrews even know about her? You ever wonder these things? Think about this. God's doing something, folks. He's doing something here. He's doing something in your heart, in your life. Don't miss it. He sees it. 
well, it's just a little thing, and I'm, you know, I'm insignificant. You ever hear that voice? You don't have to raise your hand. Why, you know, I'm not like me. Everybody wants to compare themselves to Billy Graham. You know what? If I was Billy Graham, I would hate that. Because if I'm taking the eyes of people and putting them on me, then I'm not accomplishing the mission God's called me to. And I'll tell you this, Billy Graham would probably say that to us today. You know, he died with regrets. He regretted that he didn't have people that he could invest in disciple. His whole life was about making decisions. And then others did the discipleship. Even though we're commanded to go make disciples. He said he wished he had had the opportunity to pour into people. You know what? So that means when you receive, you're giving somebody that opportunity to pour in. And you're both blessed by it. And so these things of little, you say little faith, little faith matters. Remember the parable of the talents? One had one, one had five, one had ten. He took his five and brought five more back. The guy with ten brought his, took his ten and brought ten back. Who had the greater increase? Neither. Neither. Same percentage. Both 100%. They each brought 100% back. And that's what God asked for. And then the one with one went and hid his. He didn't use it. And so God took that away from him. And gave it to the one with ten. You know why he gave it to the one with ten over the one with five? He was used to managing more talents. In the one with five. He was still learning, but he was still faithful. You grow in the you grow in your journey, and that's part of it. And so God sees your faith even if you don't get noticed or recognized by others. Who cares? The only thing that matters is that God saw it. That's what matters. If you're demonstrating demonstrating genuine faith, you will not care if others see your faith. You only care if they see Jesus and you connect them with him. That's the deal. That's the deal. Bottom line. Two, choosing faith does not guarantee a positive outcome in the short term. Well, brother and sister, if you had just had enough faith, that wouldn't have happened. You ever heard that before? That's a lie. So did these guys not have enough faith in the hall of faith? They were cut in half. Well, he didn't have enough faith. They cut him in half. Oh, brother, I can hear it at his funeral now. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Our faith does not guarantee positive circumstances now. Our faith guarantees that we understand who God is and that we're in love with Him. That's the best guarantee. That's the best thing there is, folks. We think, we got, I mean, this is so, we think faith makes everything turn out positive for us. 
Faith is about our confidence in Christ and living based upon His direction, regardless of the outcome. If I'm exhibiting faith in Christ and it causes me to lose my life, was there anything wrong with my faith? No. Was there anything wrong with the outcome? No. And don't pray for me to come back because I ain't coming back. (laughs) I'm staying. I don't want to come back here. This place is hard and it's hot. And hopefully where I'm going, it won't be so hot. (laughs) That's terrible. There's an old joke about it. I'll have to tell you all that joke one time. Three. Faith will naturally lead you into conflict with the culture of your time. Naturally. Everyone else makes decisions based on the facts in front of them. Faith faith makes decisions based upon the leadership of God in spite of the facts. Because if there isn't an element of trusting God to deliver, then it's not faith. And everybody else, if they don't see it, if it's not black and white, then they're, no. And so when they're saying no, we're saying yes, because God has spoken to us. See, this is the extent of faith, ladies and gentlemen, where we walk based upon not what we see, but who we know. And he overcomes everything we see. Woo-hoo! That's exciting stuff, man. That's the way it's meant to be. We're going to walk in faith. The world's going to think we're kooky, but I got a, I got some news for you. The world already thinks you're kooky. So I'd rather be kooky with Jesus with me than just kooky. We have cookies with our dessert today. Dude, sorry, that's... Bad. Bad. These things come through my mind and sometimes I shouldn't say them. Somebody pray for me. You know, I was reading this story about this pastor's car that ran out of gas. And so he gets out of the car and he tells his wife, stay here. And he gets out of the car and he's going to look for something to go get gas in. And all they have is their little child's potty in the back. You know those little portable potties? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so he goes down to the, his wife says, hey, I saw a gas station about a mile back. So he goes back and he's coming back and the Methodist pastor drives by. And, he's, and he, starts, he stops to see if they needed any help. As he's stopping, the pastor got back and he's pouring the gasoline down in the tank. And the Methodist pastor took one look at the Baptist pastor, pouring that in the tank. He said, man, now that's faith. <laughs> Listen, do you believe... <laughs> do you believe God can do anything? Do you? Do you believe God can do anything? Are you ready to walk in faith? You may lose friends. You may lose your job. 
How many times do we compromise our faith for our job? Not realizing that it's God who provides for us and not the job. I understand the fear I do. I really do. But when we make choices for God, I've seen time and time again, we end up being used for His glory regardless of how it affects us here and now. This is not about amassing wealth and about amassing security. My, see, listen, people, in the, nobody saw it in the 1930s when millions of dollars were lost and people were taking their own lives. Well, if I could just make a million dollars, we tell you, a million dollars can come and go. But God's word is forever. And so I would encourage you to choose him over money. Choose him over money. Choose him over um, what would be considered an easy life. Choose to walk for him. Have you done it with family? Not shared with them? Well, I'm not sure how to share. I'm not sure where to start. You start with him. And you let him lead you in that. If he wants, if you feel burdened in your heart with it, then there's a reason God put it there, and it might be a reason He's already been talking to them. And so let's no longer shy away from taking a stand. Maybe we're called to stand up and say, we'll put prayer back in school. I remember in seventh grade we were praying before the day started. And saying the Pledge of Allegiance, not kneeling, that's a whole separate issue. Our allegiance is to the Lord, but God has blessed us. You know what, if you listen, boys and girls, you will hear today that this country was not built on godly principles. That's a lie. You can go back and read the founding documents and see it. Our Creator has endowed us with inalienable rights. Where does that come from? Because from a conviction that God exists and that he's created man in a way separate from the animals. Do the work. Don't just believe something because somebody tells you. Apply that here. I'll take that too. I'll take that challenge. Don't believe it because I say it. Check it. And if I say something wrong, I'll stand up here and tell you I was wrong and I'll make it right. Because this ain't about Mark being right. It's about Jesus being God. Because Mark isn't smart enough to be right every time. Thank you. I was waiting somebody. Somebody. I thought maybe Aaron would help me out with that. But you know. That's the way it is. That was the whole point of the faith. So we could have it too. And our lives were touching. That was the mind of God. That's why He withheld so we could have real faith. And not just a gimme, gimme, gimme system. God thought beyond that. Isn't that cool? About us? It's exciting to me. I'm going to see everybody to bow their head and close their eyes.